Welcome to Pair at the Point, the Pittsburgh Penguins podcast of the Faceoff Hockey Network. Follow us on Twitter at Pair at the Point and at the FHN. Visit thefhn.net for daily hockey articles and casts. All right, so this week we want to dig into the top prospects for the 2021 draft. And just to get this out in the open at the beginning, how we went about this, last night we watched video of a bunch of prospects and we agreed on a top 10. And then we took the top 10 and we each created our list on where we think those 10 players are going to fall in the first 10 picks. So my my top 10, I kind of based off of what team needs what kind of player. Since it seems like this year, a lot of the players we don't know too much about. Mm-hmm. And then how did you do your your top 10? Was it more skill-based? Yeah. You know, I really took the 10 that are there, and I I looked at who I thought would go in the top 10, and, you know, I tiered them. You know, who who do I think is is can't miss, who do I think is a project, and who do I think will probably bust. So, out of those 10 that you and I isolated uh, to do deep dives on, where do I see them projecting? That's really how I I looked at it. So, let's, let's just get started, player by player. All right, so for the number one pick, we both picked a player that I haven't seen go number one anywhere else, but after watching him, we both easily picked him as our number one. He was definitely a favorite of ours, and that is William Eklund. So I have him going to the Sabres simply because they're losing Eichel. They need to replace Eichel, and he's a center. He is... A strong, well-rounded player, and I think that he would be a good replacement. Now, I don't think he's going to produce a ton right away, but I do think that he has the skill and he's going to be consistent in the league throughout his career. So, I think it's interesting, like, the Athletic had to him as low as, like, 23rd this season, so, like, he's he shot up quite a bit, but, like... I, I've seen, like, the 6 to 10 range that people think he'll go. But, see, like, he's also the top European prospect, according to the NHL. Yeah. So, he's kind of all over the place. Well, we have to remember, typically, people always put European players lower than they should be. Well, when you're playing against men in the SHL or in Liga, uh, in Sweden or Finland, respectively... You're not going to get a ton of ice time. You're not going to get top power play time. You're going to get sometimes pretty brutal line mates. And, you know, especially if it's a, if it's a solid program like Jugarden, Ferlunda, uh, Karpat, Lulea, uh, not so much, but there's some others like Skeleftia. You know, it's, it's kind of imp- uh, JYP. You know, you're not going to get those top minutes. You're going to have to listen to what the coach is saying because you're still trying to win games. This isn't just a development camp for you. So for Eklund, I don't know. He he just has next level hands. He he he's deflecting pucks that I've I, I haven't seen some some prospect make these tips in many years. He has a good he has a good release. He picks spots on goalies. Uh, I've seen no looks from him to uh, areas of the ice which are dangerous. He he works the power play like an absolute vet. I think he sees the ice really, really well. I just I just love his ability to in and around the net to to find something. And I think the other reason that people might be underestimating him is because of his size. 
there's a lot of big guys in, in the top 10 or our top 10 this year, and he's only 5'10". Will he grow a little bit more? Maybe. Will he put on some more weight? Maybe. But I don't know. I think on a team like Buffalo... And he's listed at 176. If I think if he puts on 10 pounds yeah. of muscle... And, I, and I mean, Connor Sherry was good in Buffalo. Like, you don't have to be huge <laughs> in Buffalo, and that's not a massive division. It's not It's not like the West. It's, it's getting bigger. The whole league is getting bigger, I think. But... I don't think that's really going to play a role. And if he plays bigger than he actually is, that's the important part. And he seems seems to, you know, go to those hard places to play and succeed there. So I, I don't foresee that being a problem. No. And I think there's a question as to whether he's whether or not he's a natural center or he's a left wing. He's left-hand shot. He He's already basically said, alongside a lot of these prospects, which is, again, weird, uh, that he thinks he needs another year of development. And I think... That's a mature thing to say. Well, I mean, whether or not the Sabers try to bring think, him in, think about these guys. They they are watching, or they they watched Lafreniere have. I mean, did anyone expect that kind of rookie season from him? Probably not. He was very hyped, but they watched him not really be super successful, and then they also just haven't played a lot. No. So of course they're all going to feel like they would be more successful if they had some more time. Which I respect that. I yeah, mean, I mean for, and for, them to, that. for them to come out and say that, that's that's pretty mature of a 17 or 18-year-old to see that. Because I feel like a lot of times they just want to get into the league and their ego kind of takes over and they think that they can be the difference maker at that age. And that's no. not always the case. Sometimes it is. But. I don't know. Eklund just seems like he could be a legitimate game breaker. I I see something in him I don't really see in a lot of the other forward prospects. I could be wrong. I could be way off, but he he just seems like a highlight reel in the making. He he seems like a top line talent to me. So uh, I'll take him uh, every day and twice on Sundays. All right. So for uh, the second and third pick, the second pick is the Kraken, and the third pick is the Ducks. So I have Beniers going second to the Kraken. He's a center. And I have Owen Power going third to the Ducks. He's a D. And the only difference with you is that you had them switched. I think the second pick for the Kraken, it's a crapshoot. They could take anyone depending on their needs of their team. None of us know now who they're going to need. So it's almost impossible. I think at this point, they'll just pick the best player. Uh, And I think on this list after Eklund, that is Veneers. And also, you can never go... You can never have too many centers, in my opinion. I think center depth is incredibly important, so I can foresee them picking him. And then for Owen Power, a lot of people have him going first. And we watched him last night. He's very good. And simply the reason I had him falling to third is because he's a defenseman. I feel like a lot of times you don't see defensemen go one or two. And I also picked him for the Ducks because the Ducks need some defensive depth. They had a lot of injuries last year on their defense, and you really saw that they have no one up and coming to help them out. So I think that he would be a very, very good pick for them if he does fall to third. Yeah. So looking at Owen Power, he's a left-hand shot, 6'5". He, he just looks big. But he really was the, was the straw that stirred the drink for Michigan this season. Um, he, he just seemed like he was out there uh, constantly. He, he ran that power play. He ran the rush. He joined the rush uh, often. 
Uh, I do think he needs to put some more muscle on. I, I think he would be served with another season. That's, I mean, I feel like that's the case with all of these guys. Yeah, but he, he does have really solid passing. I don't know how well his shot will hold up uh, at the NHL level. It, it gets through, but is it going to be, you know, a Victor Hedman type blast? It's not quite there yet. Uh, but he, he does he does have a really nice touch on his uh, passes through the neutral zone, out of his own zone. I love what, it. I love his zone exits. Was it really Power solid. or Clark that someone was comparing to Hedman? Do you remember uh, last night? Pa- I've seen Power uh, compared more yeah, often. I, I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah, and, and I see where that's coming in. I just, I don't see him nearly as blow you up kind of physical as Hedman can be with and I and I don't see him putting up necessarily the exact same point totals. I do think he is going to be a solid defenseman. The thing that concerns me with him, at least right away, is something that I think has been a, been a, a hang up for Darlene as well, which as a top pick, which is that he he will try to beat people and try to, you know, just outskate somebody when coming out of his own zone, and at the NHL level that gets you into trouble if you do that every other rush because. You need to distribute the puck, spread it wide, and, and not get yourself into trouble uh, if you're last man back. Because you will get stripped of the puck and someone will score against you and it's not going to look pretty. So, you know, he needs to, he needs to kind of diversify his, 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 uh, his zone exit strategies. Uh, because right now he's just blowing by some of these college kids and that's not going to hold up forever. I, I, I think everything that can be said about power has been said. Yeah. Well, well how do you feel about... Um... Matthew Benares. Uh, I, I really like his creativity in the Ozone. He's an interesting player. I think he ha- uh, sees the ice well. He, he has these these like Crosby-like self-passes off the board and off the net. Uh, he just makes really interesting plays in tight. I, lo- I love the way he uh, uses the neutral zone. He'll, he'll basically find a gap of open ice, whether it's east, west, or north. And he'll find a lane and he'll, he'll gain a little bit of speed. I, I really... I really enjoy watching him try to find a hole in in the coverage and, and just attack it. His strength, he, he could use a little bit of help in strength, on strength. I think when he, he's playing these big men, um, you know, he might get pushed around a little bit off the start. He doesn't look like he's 6'2 frame. He could still fill out some. The one thing that has maybe kept Beniers from going higher on other lists is the fact that he plays uh, with Kent Johnson at Michigan. So, and, and Kent Johnson was amazing. He was awesome at World Juniors. I don't know, you know. Ken Johnson could easily be on this list as well. Yeah, he he may he may very well be in the top ten. He probably will be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, when when those two guys play together like that, do you are they are they both lifting each other up? Probably. Which one is going to make it? It's hard to say sometimes. I mean, you never know. They may they may get on a team with someone who does a similar thing with them. I did, and and that you, you, that's just something you can't predict. So I, I just. Maybe you're taking a little bit of a chance on either of them, but I wouldn't be surprised if both of them go in the top ten. I don't know. I, I, I tend to lean towards the center when you have a duo like that as, as the person who maybe is contributing a bit more because well, that, there's just more going on. That's exactly why we have him as, you know, I have number two, you have number three, and we don't have Johnson. I easily could have you know, I yeah. easily could have had him at eight, seven or eight, but Alright, so uh, pick number four goes to the Devils this year, and we kind of differed on this, but I picked Hughes, Luke Hughes, and I didn't pick him for number four because I think he belongs here. I picked him here because he's been linked to the Devils. 
and the devils have insinuated that they're going to take him if he falls to four Mm -hmm. because of his brother. I really think he's going to fall to four. I can't see him going one, two, or three. I don't even think he should be in this top ten list. We, that sounds harsh, but we watched him last night, and there just wasn't anything for me. He was decent, and he seemed to always be looking to make a play, but I just didn't really take anything else away from him. And, I mean, please, if someone out there sees something that I don't, let us know, because we we both, I think, were kind of... Uh, I think a lot of I think I think my a lot of my trepidation uh, with Luke Hughes comes from his his brother Quinn Hughes, which is that yes he looks super dynamic and it looks like oh my god he's gonna put up seventy points in a full season as a defenseman like this guy is out of this world insanely good, but on the defensive side of the puck, you know Quinn Hughes wasn't that wasn't that good so I I, I just and he still isn't you know he definitely can turn into that player but he's not yet he's not he's not an adam fox he's just not built to play that way and i worry with luke hughes does he have some of those same sort of tendencies with the puck is he going to be a high risk high reward player on the back end and you know coming into the league you know with a great first pass and and great one-on-one skills are you you going to be tempted on especially on a bad team like maybe the devils to try to walk through four bodies you know is are you going to try to pass cross ice through two bodies is that the sort of thing that you're going to see out of him i'm not sure there are other defensemen on this list that are you know high octane offense as well and it's the same it's the same uh reservation i have with them it's hard because he was on that u.s uh, development team and without really seeing other recent clips from him a lot of what we were getting in our packages was power play clips so right like and if he can be great on the power play that's fantastic but he needs to be able to do more than that and we weren't really seeing much more five on five i just i defensively i wasn't seeing the things that would allow him to step right in right where where did you where do you think he's gonna go what number I honestly have no idea. I, um, I've, I've had him all over the place. I, I had him listed at six, finally. But I easily see your point about the Devils taking him. That's yeah. probably going to happen. And I think that's foolish. I think, you know, the Devils have another high, high number one pick. And they can be very, very good in the near future. I mean, they weren't horrible this year. We, we saw them live against the Pens. And... They, I mean, they gave us a run for our money, and I just think doing this could hurt them. I think there's a lot better people here that they could take, but I, I do think the family tie is gonna, gonna, he's, he's, I think Luke's gonna end up in Jersey. Yeah, I have no argument there. All right, so for number five, this is the Blue Jackets. I have no idea what the Blue Jackets <laughs> are thinking. They're going through a big change. The reason that I picked Edmondson, is it Simone? Simon? I think it's Simon. Simon Edmondson. The reason I picked him is because Seth Jones is on his way out. Now, whether that's this year or next year, um, they're going to need a good defenseman to replace Seth Jones. And Edmondson's a really good skater. He can use another year before he's in the league. So I think, you know, the fact that Seth Jones might stay another year, he might be coming in in a, in a year, might be a good pick for them. 
they're kind of like they're kind of like um, the sabers in the way that they need everything. Yeah, I, I honestly, you know, I could see them reaching for uh, Roddy, who we don't even have on our list right now, because I think they're going to go with a Euro. They oftentimes do go with a Euro. And he was very highly rated coming into this season. He had a very poor year up until the very end. Uh, you know, a bigger center with some creativity from Finland, which, again, their their GM uh, loves the Finnish connections. But I could also see Edvinson. I, I, I think Edvinson has been rated more highly, more consistently. With that said, this big defenseman, I think he's probably the biggest risk of the entire bunch. I would agree with that completely he he could totally bust out i i think he's if i had to pick somebody that is is gonna miss it would be him simply because i think he got thrust into an shl role too quickly and he doesn't look he looks like a deer out there well (laughs) and he's also very lanky he he's huge if you look at his height but he doesn't look that big no i mean on the ice he's listed at 198 but he doesn't he, play like it. And like, he doesn't look he doesn't look like it. He honestly to me he looks kind of like um like Marcus Pedersen looks. Mm, like mm-hmm. wobbly almost. Like just kind of like you're you look at him and you're like okay, that guy's going to get hit. Well, I don't know though, but that's just how it looks to me. I don't know. There there's also the 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 thing like when you're playing for a men's team in for Lunda, you know, you're not putting up big points. You're you're not you're not on top pairing. I feel like he had great competition to play against, and he is seasoned in that respect. However, I feel the drawbacks to to that sort of situation, as opposed to being NCAA or junior, is that you're not necessarily, how, how do I say this, you're not creating most of the offense for the team. And as a purely offensive defenseman, that's a tough situation to be in, right? So, yes, maybe he's a little more well-rounded, but some of the things that really make him a dynamic sort of high-ceiling pick, I don't feel were developed very well in this sort of weird season where he had to take these sheltered minutes and he had to you know, fit this, this team mold where they are competing against well, other men. And all the scouting reports I saw on him, they all said that he's going to need... At least another year. He, he, he turns... I mean, we saw and, the advanced stats. He turns the puck over a ton. And, and he I needs mean, to clean it up. That's not really a new thing for defensemen. Defensemen always develop a little later than forwards. But I think whoever does end up taking him is going to understand from their scouts that he will need more time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't... Honestly, I, if he starts before 2023, it's going to be bad. I think the um, NHL has him as the second European... Yeah, they, in there. the second highest rated yeah. uh, prospect. And other lists have him as low as falling out of the top 10. So. Yeah, yeah. And he, honestly, when I was doing my, my top 10, I was between him and Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had him out of it for a bit. And then when I was looking into the Blue Jackets situation, I was like, oh, they, they need a defenseman probably. I, I think that that might be... A good bet for them, but yeah, I could see him definitely falling out, um, and and Kent coming in. But uh, let's move to number six. So number six, uh, as of right now, is the Red Wings, and in my number six spot, I have Jesper Wallstedt, the goalie. Um, he was goalie in the SHL last year. He was very good. Uh, I think he plays older than his actual age. 
And the reason I picked him for the Wings is because they need goalies in the pipeline. Yeah. I think right now they have one, but they're they're struggling with that. And I think he would be a really good fit for them. They they have a history with the SHL players, and I can just really see them taking him. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they struck gold with Zetterberg way back when. They, they've often gone to uh, Russia, to Sweden, to find their gems. In the later rounds, so they they have good European prospect, uh, good European scouting. I I don't know. He played for a pretty poor team in Lulea, same as Lysel actually, and he just looked like he belonged. He has so much poise for an eighteen-year-old goalie. I don't. He's very it, calm. I don't very think calm I've in the net. Ever seen that sort of economy of motion from a goalie at that age? He is technically locked in. He does not move his lower body all that much. It is basically, he, he looks like a shooter tutor is, is slowly, like a shooter tutor with very small holes is basically moving laterally. It doesn't look like he's even human at, at certain points because he's using so few muscles and, and it's just, he's in position always. And it doesn't matter if it's a desperation save, he makes it look like he meant to be there. Right. He, he honestly is one of the more impressive goalie prospects I've ever seen. And goalie prospects are really hit or miss. So I, I hate having a one this high. I had him actually spot higher. I was that impressed by some of the things I saw. But with a kind of a porous defense in front of him, he still won 12 out of his 22 regular season games in a men's league. I think that can't be overstated enough, especially with so many high danger chances coming against him. He just looked ready already I, i'm a big fan of no didn't um Eisenman. didn't he draft vajilevsky yes <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting I, I i think they're gonna take him i think the wings are gonna take him i just have a feeling yeah i mean if you're if you're correct in that they only have really one goalie prospect in the pipes i mean i i researched that because i i was kind of curious about them i don't really know a lot about the wings and yeah, I I was looking and I saw some articles that said they they really need goalie prospects, and I think they said he's gonna be the first one to potentially go top ten since Carey Price. Yeah. So that's interesting, but I don't know. I just I have a feeling about him going there. This is one of the ones I feel pretty sure about. Yeah. Um. For a goalie, you know, a lot of times it'll take five to six years before you start to see whether or not they're going to be an NHL starter. But I, I feel like he could be a starter in three or four. But And aren't the Wings three, four, five years out anyway from exactly. doing anything? So it might be a perfect pick for them. Who knows? But I, I have a pretty good feeling about that one. I'll be interested to see where he ends up if he goes top ten. Yeah. So um, number seven is the Sharks pick. I have Dylan Gunther. Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. Gunther? So my reasoning for Dylan going to the Sharks, uh, some other people have him going much higher. But the, the reason I think he may fall a little bit to, you know, the six, seven, eight spot is because he has a really small sample size. So I think he's a very good player, but there's just not enough for one of those like top picks to take a chance on him. Uh, he is a really versatile player. He can play on either side, a left or a right wing. He can score goals. He has a great shot. All things that the Sharks need. So I think if he does fall to seven, the Sharks will take him. 
So he he uh, played tw twelve games and he had twenty four points, which he also was really good at uh, juniors, uh, which I think is I think he's important not just because everybody's watching it, but also because it's a test of how they do under pressure, and as they go forward with their careers, the grind of becoming a pro, getting your diet on track, getting you know getting your life. Uh, you know, scrutinize, getting coaches in your ear every day, those sorts of things. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of mental pressure. I think, I think your head game can, can come out in, in those sorts of tournaments where the intensity is high and he, he proved himself. So I think he definitely boosted his stock there. I don't know if that boosts him into the top five. So I think this is a safe pick. I do. I, I like his ability to find the net i think he could probably add some strength to his shot a bit i think he needs to worry a bit about i don't know not not trying to always score off the rush i think some of his end zone offense needs a little bit of seasoning but he has a great release he can pass as well as he can shoot as a winger i, I think that always kind of lowers your stock from the centers because you just look at the hall of fame i mean most of those players are, are you know on the forward side of things they're centers and right wings so left wing it's a hard it's a hard position to find a fit for he didn't he didn't get a ton of ice but he um he really did prove himself in, in the games he did play so i don't know I, he he could go higher he could go lower i think he's only a moderate risk he's not he's not nearly he's, as flashy. he's gonna have a career yeah he's, he's gonna have just, a role yeah it's just we aren't sure yet what what that's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, was he a two-point-per-game player in the WHL legitimately, or is that just him on a hot streak? Don't know. But he's definitely an A, an a prospect. He should go in the top ten. All right, so we also agree on our number eight and nine pick. Um, so for eight, I have Brant Clark, um, defenseman, going to the Kings. The reason I did this is I think that if he does fall to eight, they're going to sweep him up because I think that he is a great replacement for Drew Doughty once Doughty retires. And I think in the meantime, he could be a really good mentor uh, for, for Clark. So he's a creative player. He's speedy. He's big. He, he has good size. And, I mean, good size is very important for those Western teams who, you know, hit a little harder. And... I just, I have a good, this is kind of in the same category for me as Jesper. I have a feeling about this one. I, I feel like Clark's going to end up on the Kings if he falls to eight. So Clark is very interesting. I mean, he's got a heavy shot. He looks like he could be the complete package, number one D. He's right-handed too, which is interesting. He's not massive, but I'm... I don't know. I, I'm he I'm more hesitant than you, I think, on this one because I I feel like he joins the offense so often. He you feel at times he wants to just be a forward. He he wants to but, be involved in these tic tac toe plays but all the people, time. People, I mean, he people adjust their game once they're on a team. Yeah. I, I think, and I I just feel like that's kind of how Daddy will help him, mm -hmm. and I. I don't know. I think that they would be a really good mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah, and I, I think that I think it's I he think could it's grow into that into that role as you know, Daddy gets older and and retires. You know, he 
he has great hockey IQ, and I think that's the one thing that keeps him in the top 10. But there's a lot of risk there. There just is. You know, when you're a pure offensive defenseman like this, our teams, I think teams are more willing to take a chance on players like this than they were even five years ago because of Makar, because Quinn Hughes has put up numbers, because um, other players have really started to, to burst out and, and really contribute despite turnovers, despite the risk that they do come with. Uh, I, I just don't know if he's going to be ready for, for some time to, to be trusted to be put in for 20 minutes a night. And I feel like he needs to be out there for 20 minutes a night in order to be impactful. Right. He's not he's not the guy you play for 12 minutes a night and you're going to see good results. He's going to give you poor results. He needs to be out there as a top pairing or a number three guy to, in you, order to find success. Do you think that he could fall out of the top ten? Um, you think that's at risk or you think he's for sure going to go somewhere up in there? I, I think I think some of – I think his puck skills, his, his IQ, his ability to join the rush are so valued on the defensive side of things that he – I couldn't see him really going lower than 12, but I could see him falling out of the top 10, depending on what teams are looking for. Are they looking for somebody that can hop in sooner rather than later? Are they looking for a defensive defenseman? Are they looking for somebody to put up points? I don't know. And again, you know, it's hard to say. Well, okay, so here's another interesting player, as as they kind of all are, but um, number nine is the Canucks pick, and we both have number nine being Mason McTavish. He's a center. Mm-hmm. And the main reason I have him here is I think he's not going to score enough goals to go one through eight. Mm-hmm. But I think if he falls to nine, the Canucks are going to snatch him up. And the reason is they need physical players who will fit in in that division. He's a, He describes himself as a power forward. You know, he may not score 30 goals ever. Maybe he'll have, you know, a couple seasons here or there. He may more be like a 20-goal scorer. But I think he's going to be really solid and really consistent. And I think they have enough players on their team that can score a lot of goals that he can play with that it would be a really valuable pick for them. Yeah. I'm not sure that the fit is is perfect. I mean, they do have Horvat and Pedersen. I feel like they think that Pedersen's a 1C and Horvat could be a 2C. And I see his ceiling as a 2C. Maybe they think they can roll a three, with three centers, which is never a bad thing. They're definitely banking on like Hoglander and, and Besser to completely uh, pan out. I don't know. There, there's, there's just some... I, I don't know what the Canucks want, I think, is the biggest thing. I'm not sure what the Canucks are doing at any given moment. So, to me, I, I, th- I just think he's, he's pretty sure, sure-fire to, to, to break the top nine on a team. I, I really, you know, unless skating becomes an issue, which I don't think it will be. He's a big guy. I think um, they have his weight at 207. Mm-hmm. He, he just back checks really well. I think he, he understands the type of two-way game you're going to need to succeed at the NHL level and to find a roster spot, carve out a role for yourself. He's got decent enough passing, but it's not, it's not perfect. He's got a decent enough shot, but it's not going to get you 30 goals a season. I just I love his battle level. I don't think his ceiling is you know first line, but I right, I, I right. do think well and it's I second mean, line. That, and I think that might be enough this year. That's what I kind of meant when I said you know I think he may not always score a bunch of goals, but I think he's going to be very solid, and very consistent. Yeah. So whatever team gets him, I think they'll have someone they can definitely rely on. Uh huh. 
All right. So last but not least, uh, Pierre Maguire's Senators. <laughs> um, Had to get that in there, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, the Senators have the 10th overall pick. And here I have uh, Fabian Lysel. And I know you have Fabian going much higher. Yeah, uh, I'm... I don't know. But this this seems to be like a litmus test for what you value in a forward <laughs> and a winger. Well, and- I think that he should go higher. But I I also think the reason he won't is because of his size and because he doesn't he didn't play very many games last year. It didn't have a ton of ice time. Well, I feel like the conversation about him, especially if he drops into 15, 20, it's going to be, "Oh, well, uh, he had a falling out." Yeah, wasn't he the one people were saying he had he had like an attitude or? Well, yeah. So didn't he leave one team to go play with another? Yeah, I believe he. And left. that was an issue in in Europe. People were not not very happy about that. Yeah, so he played for what uh, for Lunda, and then he did wasn't getting any ice time. I said he was getting like eight nine minutes a night, which again you can't showcase yourself as a prospect doing that. You can't grow your game. You know, he got moved to Lulea, and he ended up playing a lot more. Lulea was pretty terrible, but it's interesting because he ended up on a team that you know couldn't create a lot of offense, so a lot of the passes and, and plays he was making went into nothing. You know, Some of his advanced stats are, are not all that positive, but if you watch clips of him, he is just an absolute force out there. He reminds me of Brandon Tanev was spliced with, I don't know, Matt Barzell or something. He has these crazy uh, agile dangles and tight. He, he makes defensemen look silly at times, uh, gaining the zone. I think he's got one of the more interesting skill sets of all of the offensive players He's just fun to watch. I, I would pay money to watch I, this guy. I, I really think would. The, the main thing he has is his energy level. Like yeah. you said, like almost like a Brandon Tanev. And if he falls to number 10, what does Ottawa need? <laughs> they need that. Yeah. They need someone who's exciting, someone who bring will you know get viewers, someone who will breathe life into the team. And I think he could definitely do that. Um, they also really need right wings, and he is capable of playing right wing. And I think out of all of these picks, he has the highest ceiling. Yeah. I, I think he, we don't really know his full potential, and I think he could be very, very good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. When you're playing against, <laughs> when you're playing against these other, these guys that are, you know, been, 32-year-old defenseman, you know, Swedish guys, 220, and you're still making them look silly on occasion. There's some there's something interesting about that sort of player. Now, right. he needs seasoning. He cannot just step in and, you know, make an impact this season. But I don't think any of these guys are. So, if you're going to take a bet on somebody, especially from like pick 8 onward, this I think I think he might make some teams look a little dumb for passing up on somebody with his hands, his IQ, his energy. Yes, there are, there are questions about the story of, you know, why he got traded out, but I I don't know. He's betting on himself. He was betting on himself then. I, I wouldn't bet against this kid. He's fun. He really is fun to watch. So uh, last but not least, who did you have going 10th? Because I know you had Lysel going 5th. 
Um, I had I had Sullivan going last. I, I'm just not sold on him. I think he's more risk than reward. I don't know. There's there's a lot of physical seasoning that still needs to be done there. It it doesn't seem to me that he's ready for prime time. Uh, you know, in a more physical league than the SHL. I guess we'll see. Uh, maybe he'll make me look dumb, but uh, you know, I I I just think that you know, looking six four six five versus power, it looks like one of those guys is ready to step in and one of them isn't. I. I I don't know. I look at him as one of those players who makes some interesting decisions with the puck, and that gives me pause. When you're a defenseman, your job is to make the correct decision when you have a bunch of factors being thrown at you at once. All right, so that is both of our top ten picks. The full lists for each of us will be in our show notes, so you could check those out. You can let us know on Twitter if, you know, you differ if you agree uh your thoughts your comments you can catch us on twitter at the pair at the point or at the fhn and we will be back next week with more pens related draft i know this kind of didn't have to do with the pens at all we deviated a but bit. when the pens don't have a first round pick ever we do need to talk about what's going on around the league so that that's kind of why we we took a break from the pens and we will talk more about their picks and how how we're gonna hopefully get some extra picks (laughs) and also who we think may fall and who may be a good choice for us moving forward so uh check that out next week I think that is everything for today. Yeah, we'll have to wait till number 57, but maybe we find a gem. Who knows? <laughs> yep. Well, hopefully we can get something higher. But I don't think we have too much to trade to go higher, so. The cupboards are bare. Yeah, they're very bare. So, we'll see. We'll, we'll discuss that more next week. And that is all. Bye. Bye.